0: Welcome everybody to the Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Lamont, and on today's episode we are joined by a guest, Nathan Collins. Nathan is an online coach and personal trainer based over in Chelmsford near Ipswich. I bring Nathan on today's episode to discuss his nutrition principles and his training principles that he applies both to himself and to his clients. Nathan wasn't always in the fitness industry, he did actually go through a bit of a career change before entering, which is something that we discuss in the show. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. So I hope you enjoy today's show. So Nathan, thank you for joining on today's podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is Nathan. Nathan, just give yourself a little intro and a little bit of background about yourself.
1: Yeah, thanks so much Luke for having me on mate. It's uh. It's weird being the other side of the podcast, normally I'm, <laughs> I'm the one giving the intros and that. So um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Nathan Collins, uh, I'm 23 years old, I'm a personal trainer online coach from Chelmsford. Um, I got my first PT job in October, October, uh, October 2017. Um, so I've been a PT now. Uh, roughly what 18 months coming up to two years so yeah really really happy a little bit background about myself I was in um, teaching so I was midway through a teacher training course in London um, decided that's not what I want to do Um, and it was it was a tough kind of six months kind of making that transition six nine months making that transition into uh, personal training but it was a jump that I kind of made, and, and that's what I try and reflect myself as a personal trainer, that I've completely changed industries. Yeah, some people might say that teaching is very similar to personal training because you're dealing with people on a day-to-day basis. Um, but my way of working is trying to encourage people to, you know, if they want to do something, you know, go ahead and do it. You know, it's it's going to be tough, but um, the transition is there. Um, and yeah, so my my gym that I was at, I'll quickly just touch that now. The gym that I was at since October of two thousand seventeen, last month went to liquidation. So I recently, in the last kind of three weeks, um, made a transition to into another gym, um, which I'm now now settled and and everything with. So, yeah, and yeah, it's it's good, man. It's wicked.
0: Awesome. Um, what made you change from teaching?
1: So it was it was two reasons really. It was so. I kind of decided, uh, well, I went to university, got a degree uh, in sports development and coaching. And I just automatically, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. And I just felt like I was automatic. I was like a hamster on a wheel where, you know, you go to university and you just automatically, um, you just follow a path that you don't really know what you're on. So obviously my t- my sister was a teacher. And I just felt like I just went to the training course. And it's kind of, I knew I could do it, but was it really what I wanted to do? I just wanted something that was settled. So, um, yeah, graduated from university, moved to London with my girlfriend because she was there at the university. Um, I was in teacher training and I was doing that. And I just was like, I just didn't really enjoy it. Like I could be there and I um, and I could do it. It's just, it just, I just knew it. What deep down it wasn't what I wanted to do. So it came to about Christmas time and I just wasn't happy. And then it, it was really good because around Easter time, the head teacher there was there was two guys because we were on a two-year course. Um, there was two guys, myself and another guy. And she um, she came to the room, just said, "I'm sorry, but we can't take you on for next year. You're gonna have to move to another school." Um, and then she said this at Easter. So at that point, I was like, obviously I was I was gutted. I was like, "Oh my god, what am i gonna do? What am i gonna do?" When I yeah. to leave my my missus, and she said, "This is not what you want to do. Um, anyway, is it really? Let's be honest." And I was like, "You know what? No, I don't." obviously person training gym was my thing i loved going to the gym but personal training was something that i never really considered because pts don't make money that whole you always get told that no matter what about friends family other other people in the industry you know pts don't make money i was always kind of put off yeah so went ahead and done it and uh yeah here i am now
0: awesome so that's like a little health lesson in itself there isn't it you know being stuck in that that job that you don't really want to do, you're not really passionate about, it's going to have a big negative impact all around, isn't it? Because you're going to finish work and you're going to be like, ah, do you know what? I can't be asking going to the gym. You're like, just not feeling it. You mm-hmm. feel a bit in a rut. Your mental aspect, then is down. So then your eating's not on point, but just flipping that round and following your passion. If you're like doing something you love every day, you mm-hmm. wake up, you're ignited and everything just flows so much easier, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. 100% and, and that's what I do with do my clients as well it's, it's the fact that like they're in a the position where they see gym and fitness as their escape and that was exactly the position that I'm in I'm still in now even as a person training you know gym is my escape and everything so um, now I get that
0: completely yeah that's awesome right so we'll move on then we'll talk a little bit about yourself first off mm-hmm. Um, so currently what's going on you know what are your current goals what's your training look like what's your nutrition look like
1: so in terms of my style of training, so um, I hate using the word bodybuilding, but I guess that is the kind of style training um, I'm doing. I competed yeah. last year in men's physique, so that is something that I'm currently pursuing in terms of. Um, I'll, I'll tell my current go- I'll tell my go- long-term goals first, and then I'll go back into my current because it slightly differs. But um, yeah, you my know, long-term goal is, is to compete in men's physique and, and do really well in there um, as a natural bodybuilder. Um, my current goals at the moment, I've got holiday in three weeks. So what I've, what I plan to do kind of more for business reasons for the last kind of eight, nine weeks, I've been cutting down. Um, but it's not being like a contest prep cut where it's really, really strict and ritual. I'm trying to, I've, I've basically done like a YouTube series to show what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and try and make it as flexible as possible. And, and to show guys that, you know, you don't have to, and girls don't have to go crazy, um in terms of a cut you can just do it slow and steady you can still eat out still drink alcohol you can still socialize so that was my for for business reasons and to kind of show people you know it it can be done it doesn't need to be so strict like a contest prep so short term that is my goal at the moment go on holiday after holiday in lanzarote which is the end of um, june middle july i'm going to go into an off season so i'm going to hopefully put on as much muscle tissue as possible um because as people know if you're in a cut you're in a, in a dieting phase you you're very limited the amount of tissue that you can put on if if any at all so i to to off season and then hopefully compete the following year towards the back end of the year um nutrition at the moment um yeah really really good i'm definitely more of the approach of um if it fits macros i guess but i'm very into uh, nutrient-dense foods you know including fruit and veg every single day um, yeah. it's not something that I've I've always been into my kind of fruit and veg and everything like that but more so now I just think it should be a massive staple in your diet no matter what you have um, big fans of kind of high I'm a big fan of high-volume volume foods uh, especially in diet and phase and yeah, and if it kind of if it fits your macros, so I'll include things. And this is part of my cut at the moment, like ice cream and things like that. You know, it's it's optimal potentially not, but it's sustainable
0: 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people look at what's optimal for you, the way you look, don't they? Mm-hmm. So then they forget what's optimal for sort of psycho, psychological benefits. So mm-hmm. ice cream for a lot of people might be an optimal thing because then they can adhere to the more nutrient dense foods over a longer period of time. Yeah, so it all plays its part, doesn't it? Um out out of where task we in Lander, are you going? Um, Hesperia is it? Oh Did okay, you? I don't know. <laughs> I know oh. um, Costa Tegues, um and then there's another one, there's another two like main places which is curious I thought because I went two years ago.
1: Oh nice, oh, yeah. mate. I have no idea, I left it left it to the missus didn't I so. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, don't blame me. All right, cool. <laughs> Um, So what's your sort of training looking like then? You know, how many days a week you're training and what sort of, what what are you doing on each day? If you're like, you know, in the gym world, we call it what split you're doing, but I guess for the everyday person, what are you doing roughly on each day?
1: So at the moment, um, I'm currently on a, people call it a pull push legs split, but I actually do it slightly differently. I do, um, sorry, push, push ball legs is what people call it. I actually do a pull push legs. So the whole reason for that is, when you're doing a pull day and um, when you're doing legs, you're using a lot of your posterior chain. If you're doing them back to back, so if you do a pull a uh, push, pull and legs, your lower back and your posterior chains can be absolutely screwed. Um, so that's why I've just swapped the pull and the pull uh, pull and push days. I have two different rotations. So I'll do a pull, push, legs, or like a lower day, I'll rest, and then I'll do a second rotation with a whole load of different exercises. Um, I'm a big fan of a high intensity approach right, rather than high volume. So my type of training, the majority of my exercises, I'll do two sets per exercise. I'll do a top set and a back off set. So a top set would be anywhere between four and six or a six to eight rep range. And a back off would be like kind of 10 to 12, uh, maybe slightly higher than that. Um, normally on like a pool day, I'll do like two puller movements and two row movements. They'll be my main stable exercises that you're gonna be looking at progressively overloading because that is where you're gonna be, be build, building your muscle tissue. Um, and especially putting all the emphasis onto that top set. And I'll do something very similar in terms of a push day, two chest, um, two shoulders, and prioritizing like a uh, a staple kind of tricep movement, like a tricep dip, close grip bench, overhead tricep extension, something like that, where you can kind of still kind of progress in, which would be quite cool. Um, So that's my training at the moment. I've kept that consistent for the last... probably about a year, actually. Obviously, I've, I have different training blocks, so I'll run with something anywhere between sort of 12 and 16 weeks. I don't tend to change it too often unless I really feel I have to. So sort of three to four months training block, maybe have a deload and then go again. Um, I'm actually going to, when I come back from Lanzarote, I'm, I'm hum, humming and hiring whether to change my training split um, and prioritise my upper body a little bit more. So I might go into a split where I'm gonna be doing like a upper lower and then maybe like delts and arms and just slightly pull back on the frequency of the legs. Still hitting it twice a week, but just um, I'm planning that at the moment. But yeah, pull push legs at the moment, two rotations.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's my balance exactly what I was doing. So I was doing the pull push. I always done pull before push as well. Legs, but I've just switched it to two upper, two lower and a belts and arms. But not front delts, just like middle and rear delts, and then arms. Um, loving it, by the way. That arm day was epic. Obviously, <laughs> as a lad, you're gonna love the arm day, aren't you? But um, yeah, I mean, I guess you got to do what it works for you, haven't you? You know, if I, I find it boring doing the same thing all the time, mm. so I got to split, it, like mix it up quite often, because I I don't know, I guess my attention span isn't great when it comes to doing the same thing for several weeks. You know, I like to change it exercises at least every four weeks but you know at the end of the day you do what works for you and if we you know see your social media we can clearly see what you're doing is working because you've packed on a lot of size since last year maybe your last cut you know you're looking a lot bigger and you're a lot leaner this time as well with um short space of time Mm. so yeah it's cool um what about your nutrition And you know, are you, when it comes to your nutrition are you planning each day, what you're having, are you sort of winging it as you go or fitting it into your calories, making sure that it's most of the time nutrient dense, um, just, you know, expand on it a little bit.
1: Yeah. So in terms of nutrition, um, I'm, I keep very staple. I keep very similar things, um, each day. So I'm looking at like kind of my more noise have like kind of great yogurt, pre-workout oats. Even a meal, you're talking like uh, a portion of some sort of um, protein and obviously you've got vegetables and either a carb sort of switched out and rice. Um, they stay pretty much staple and it's kind of flexibility in between them. So, for example, some days, you know, I have like eggs and wholemeal breads. Um, other days I might have a protein bar. In the evenings, we'll apply the same. You know, I'm not going to have the same pre-bed meal every single time. But if you want to kind of put it as a percentage-wise, I'm probably having like 75% similar foods every single day 25% um, different and the thing is with yeah. that as well I kind of do that because one I know I'm not going to be a bodybuilder I don't want to be uh, a pro bodybuilder or pro men's physique athlete so I know that I have that flexibility to change and adapt with my foods and also like for example if I'm a person training online coach and I'm I'm trying to teach someone about flexible dieting I'm trying to Um, encourage them to make lifestyle change I'm not going to get someone to have the same foods every single day for the rest of life so in that way as a personal trainer I can't necessarily warrant that approach if I only had bodybuilding clients completely different you know this is what I do same foods every single day keep it consistent but at the same time me as a trainer and the way I train myself is you know you keep ticking those boxes you do the same things day in day out Um, and obviously you've got flexibility there as well and that's kind of how I portray myself and that's what I do with my clients as well. So, um, yeah, nutrition wise, probably like 75%, um, pretty much stable every single day with a cut as well. I'm currently on sort of 2,500 calories. Um, so I haven't got loads of calories to play around with. So I have got to keep one eye on on what I'm having, but because I know my days and how they work, I know exactly how to plan them out. Um, And my fitness power as well once you're once you're able to use that with like a click of your fingers and and not really think about it it's it's quite simple really so but yeah nutrient dense foods um i've actually um this is something i haven't really talked too much about but um i don't actually eat beef anymore my my girlfriend she's a vegetarian so um she cooks a lot a lot of like kind of vegan or vegetarian meals which i'm i'm slowly starting to have and include into my diet as well um you're not going to see me any like, <laughs> you're not going to see me like pro- promote all these <laughs> vegan meals and stuff, but I think it's quite cool and it, and it shows flexibility as well. And and uh, I've started to have that a little bit more and obviously I like my nutrient-dense food, so I, I, I do enjoy it. So I'm not having beef anymore. Um, I haven't done for like sort of nine months
0: now, so, um, and then slowly, yeah,
1: yeah, cool. <laughs> all right,
0: my, I never knew that, never knew you were, uh, well, first off your missus was vegan and then you were having quite a few vegan meals. I, I mean, mean, that gives you another angle, then vegetarian. as well. Sorry? sorry. Vegetarian. sorry. vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, I suppose it gives you another angle as well. You know, everybody's putting the sort of similar sort of recipes out online, and it's very meat based. So mm-hmm. having that vegetarian spin as well, you're offering that to clients, potential clients, or two clients, it makes you that little bit more different, a little bit more unique. So that's, you know, that's brilliant. And um, plus, you know, where it creates the habit, and you're probably agreeing here, you, you can get into this routine of having chicken mints, chicken, mints, eggs and it's just those same three sort of protein sources each time maybe throwing a protein shake and a a protein bar here and there but it tends to be those three doesn't it Mm -hmm. um and then a bit of fish here and there so no i think that's absolutely brilliant just out of curiosity then what sort of um vegan protein sources uh sorry vegetarian protein sources to have so i would normally
1: have like uh corn chicken or, like, <laughs> it sounds so bad calling it corn chicken and corn mints because it's basically you sound like you're having uh, meat, but um, yeah, cool. well, it's basically called corn chicken or corn meat, mints and with chopped tomatoes, pinto beans, and it's nice. And, and I'm, I'm very big into kind of like digestion now as well. Obviously, I don't know if any listeners know of muscle mentors. If you listen to them, they're very, very scientific, but they preach so highly in terms, and and Eric Helms as well, in terms of digestion. And Eric Helms actually calls himself a flexitarian because he still eats meat, but not as often anymore. And obviously, he he brings it down to digestion and stuff. And it's quite nice as well. You'd be very surprised if if you don't have a meat based meal in the evening, how much better you can feel in the evening. I know that sounds really silly and obviously I'd never thought, you know, I would be in that route, but it sits so much better in the stomach afterwards. Um it makes you feel fantastic. Obviously I'm not gonna have a vegetarian meal every single day, but just having I think I have two vegetarian meals uh in a week now and you just feel absolutely fantastic. Um but yeah those those are the two that I'm having the missus is still working on her cooking so um, when she's improved a little bit more i'll, I'll feedback some more <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's my advice like i'm half thinking i'll try it but when it comes down to it i will probably too scared but if i tell my girlfriend she might be like yeah come on let's try it so yeah i'll let you know <laughs> but no eric helms is awesome to follow um, like he's the guy who gets in insane shape isn't yeah. it like, uh, I remember listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and he was saying like he only really tracks his food of so like the eight last eight weeks of his diet so wow. he goes like eight weeks without tracking his food just eating intuitively mm-hmm. so eating intuitively for people that don't know is just eating based off hunger and sort of getting protein vegetables mm-hmm. and fuel in your day which is and you're getting sick shape obviously it's taking him years to get to that point but I think it's good for everybody to know that you don't always have to weigh your food and you can still get in great shape.
1: And and I think, I think that's uh, such a fantastic point because obviously, you know, some listeners right now are perhaps, you know, personal trainers or they're people that um, just go to the gym and they, and they want results. So by seeing someone like Eric Helms, for example, like, the thing is you, you want to be seen as like a normal person. So, you know, you're not like, oh, I'm a bodybuilder, I count my macros, I do the same things every single day. If you can show a bit of flexibility, like he um, eats intuitively, like, like you said, or if someone eats, you know, vegetarian meals, it's out of the norm, you think, hang on, that's not right, that's not how you get results. But if it's done and it's shown, I just feel like you, um, you're you much more relatable to, to, the, to the norm. And you can show that it can be done. Not There's not just one way of getting results. I personally feel I've been eating vegetarian meals for the last kind of like six months now. And I feel like my physique since last year has has got loads better. Obviously, not as much as I perhaps would want to because you're always self-critical. But I think a lot of that is because I've kind of, I've taken a step back and I've tried new things out. And definitely vegetarian meals and, and things like that and, and trying to have nutrient-dense foods on a lot of occasions has played a massive
0: part, obviously. It's not for everyone which is which is fine which is cool yeah yeah awesome and again as well if you're trying new things it kind of takes the, the stress and the focus off trying to change the way you look you yeah. become a little bit more relaxed so everything becomes a little bit easier because you kind of focused on oh, let's try this let's try this let's try this and then before you know it what, what you put on the back burner you're kind of changing the way you look and um, yeah that's cool right next bit then we'll move on to sort of what your day what you, sorry, what you do day in, day out, and that's obviously your personal training and your online coaching. Mm. So what would your new client setup look like and what do they typically expect or typically happens within the first, say, four weeks? Yeah, so
1: just a quick brief of my kind of weekly routine. I do my online coaching uh, Monday and Tuesday, kind of middle of the morning, middle of the day, still pt mornings and evenings um monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then friday morning so and then obviously my online coaching is is tuesday uh, monday and tuesday sorry so that's my weekly um weekly kind of rota what i do in terms of setting up a client if i i'll just start on personal trainer first in terms of personal trainer like the consultation process for me has changed over time because you know when you become pt you, you you learn that you know you have to meet someone you have to sit down with them you have to set them up and then you have to then go through this like kind of slow process i kind of speed it along a little bit but at the same time let the, the client get comfortable with myself and understand that i am a human being and um you know because it's quite a scary thing having a personal trainer um so in terms of the first four weeks what i would normally do is the consultation i would kind of mix in with a session rather than do it separately so I would meet someone for the first time. I'd only sit down kind of five or ten minutes with them because I find that is the most intimidating part for the client. If obviously if they're very, very confident and they, they know what they're doing, they know what they're doing, they might have had a PT before or they're a confidence person. But nine times out of ten you'll come across someone that's quite shy and intimidated a little bit and, and quite scared of the process. Yeah. If you sit down there and, you know, half an hour and, and drill into them and saying, asking questions they're going to feel quite nervous and shy so i keep that quite short i then go into a session that first week if i have sort of one or two sessions with them all we'll, we'll go across a whole range of exercises get to know each other and the most important for me as a, as a pt is for the person to trust and believe in me and build a report so for me the first week it's not okay let's work out how to track your macros let's okay this is my training approach it's more trust me trust me believe in me um get to know me and then build that rapport and then that that for the first week goes a long way so that's kind of the first week for me the second week is more like that's when my kind of principles come over in terms of I preach a lot about form uh, in terms of nutrition as well so talk quite nutrient dense foods making that a staple so that'll be the second week and then obviously from there once they're comfortable they know how the gym works as well, especially if there's a new client and they've never been to the gym before, you know, trying to get them doing this, that and the other and go on their own at the same time in the plan. It's very daunting. So first few yeah. weeks settled in and then week three and four is when I'd slowly introduce, um, talk about nutrition, maybe talk about kind of, uh, how to track, how to track macros and just kind of ease them into it rather than, okay, it's going to be a slow and steady process and we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do that and then straight away come in like, oh this is how you track macros, it's gonna be slow and steady. Um and then yeah, that's probably how I would set up someone. But obviously that completely depends on the individual. If the individual knows exactly what they want, if a guy comes to me and he's into bodybuilding and he knows exactly what we're doing, okay right, this is how we're gonna set up and you go from start. But let's be honest, like with person training nine times out of ten and it may be woman in the age of between like sort of 30 and 50 and they might be a little bit intimidated and, and they might find the whole experience quite daunting. And so um, nice and controlled. That's my personal training. Do you want to go on online
0: coaching or? Um, yeah, you can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, just going back, you know, to your consultation process, I'm a big fan of going to Starbucks or going to Costa. Uh, I don't know if Thanks. I should be name dropping them really, but just to grab a coffee, it's on neutral turf, isn't it? Yeah. You know, in, there's people around then, so it's not quite as an intimidating environment. I mean, the listeners have heard me say this before, so I won't go on about it. But I just find taking the whole conversation outside the gym it just opens it up. It just relaxes. Obviously, the coffee shops have got their chilled out music playing. You can sip on a nice hot coffee, and you know it just helps so much. And um, I'm a much like you as well. You know, I'm not going to throw macros at them and tell them like you need to do this, 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 this week. You know, I just start off with a food diary. Just keep a food diary on my fitness pal. Don't worry about calories for now. Just input what you eat and then go from there. Yeah. So I'm very much the same. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, crack on with your online stuff as well. So that'll be interesting to hear.
1: Yeah, so online coaching is probably slightly different for myself. Obviously, because it's online and the person that you're, that have come in touch with yourself or you come touch with them you know you might not be close to so um, that would normally be done like a similar way so do a phone call develop that rapport develop that relationship um, so that would probably would be classed as a consultation sort of a phone call and then I'll basically explain how I can help um, in terms of setting someone up if they've kind of they've kind of already pre had the idea that they would like to pursue with online coaching so once they have the idea in their head obviously we'll get started straight away in that that week or, or the next day um i normally put everything together in terms of with online coaching i use google drive so i put everything together with google, google drive pack um i'd kind of break it down without actually sending it to them first i'd kind of break it down and just explain what we're going to be doing um any questions and obviously before I actually send it to them and we get started, I'll, I'll do a lot of kind of like feedback back and forth um, saying this is what we we'll gonna do, blah, blah, is any problems. And obviously it takes a little bit of adjustment for a week, especially as my my main income and my main um, personal trainer is my, is my main job obviously online coaching is something that I want to make more my main But it's it develops over time so yeah yeah, they understand I'm I'm busy throughout the week so that could take you know sort of just just about a week to kind of get the feedback Um, and then the google drive pack goes over to them and they get started with online coaching a lot of people don't realize kind of how hard it, it can be but obviously the process can be made a lot simpler because because you're going ahead and, and doing something if you haven't kind of uh, stuck to like a training program before and you haven't kind of maybe worked at your macros, the first two weeks is, is fundamental. So I normally speak to our clients on a day-to-day basis send plenty of voice notes. Again, the calls will, will kind of, um, will happen throughout the first couple of weeks if they have anything that they need to talk about. I think the worst thing to do is, is to let an online client take the plan and start implementing it and then you don't hear back from them within the first sort of one week because you know for example that they're just going to drop off after three or four weeks so keeping them in in contact and um keeping support there is so important as an online coach so yeah pt pt and online coaching is is a lot different but for me you've got to develop that relationship and and got to develop that you don't want someone thinking I i can't talk to him like if you can build that if if you, can put, if you can build that network and that support, knowing that they can they see you as a personal trainer but at the same time they see you as, as a coach more importantly, and being able to talk to them whenever they want to, that's the most important part, I'd say.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, my favorite part of everything you've just explained then was the fact that within the first couple of weeks, it's going to take tweaks and adjustments here and there, and it's not going to be straight to it. You're not going to be, you know, losing all your body fat within the first couple of weeks is going to take time to actually develop the full plan. You know, it doesn't just happen with a click of the fingers. You're not coming into our systems. We're going to come into your life and sort of put our systems into place, but tweak here and there just so that we can develop our plans for you. Because the last thing people need is to be doing something they don't want to be doing. What they need is a rough plan from us that can be tweaked for their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is going to take a few weeks. I think that's key. You know, you see so many progress pictures, if you like, in transformations online. You know, oh, I've done this in 20 minutes and two weeks here and there. And it's like, it makes everything so much tougher for the individual watching because I think then they think, oh, I only PT or online coach for two months and I'm going to be sorted. It's like, well, not really. You know, it's going to take a lot more time unless you're very experienced with dieting it's going to take much longer and unless you've got a good amount of muscle mass already, again it's going to take much longer the everyday person to actually achieve that full result
1: Mm -hmm. and i I think definitely with with people that you deal with whether it's pto or or online i think if you kind of push them back and, and and they don't get the if they get the feelings that like they're bothering you and they're asking you like you're not an online coach plus training because you're not there to help obviously you can't help every single hour of the day but you, you you yeah you just you, that quality of service just needs to be there and um, that's just so so important
0: yeah communication's the key isn't it mm, mm-hmm. absolutely right cool so have you got any set nutrition principles that you sort of put across the board if you like I think I know where you're going to go with it you know the nutrient dense food and stuff like that but just you know throw them up throw them out if you can mate in in terms of what i do for myself or clients uh clients so like somebody's quite new to the gym you know or maybe they've been in the gym a while but they've been struggling to actually achieve their goal i see i see um i think i think this one is
1: is like i said not to make the process seem so daunting and just understand it's it's baby steps um so to begin with kind of like what you say in terms of the in the food diary i would first um how I, how I work as a PT, I'd first start implementing uh, things like just including more food and veg in your diet, uh, your protein intake. I might ask like, kind of what protein protein source they have having or just kind of briefly ask when I'm with them to find out what they're kind of having on a day-to-day and then try and implement and, and explain how important protein is to your diet. So that's probably the, the first two key points as well as hydration and water. So for me, with a client or just anyone in general, to be fair, even if I was talking to them, you know, fruit and veg, protein, water, very, very important. Then um, that's the one bit I did miss out. After kind of the, the, the third, fourth, fifth week, then that's when I would kind of maybe ask for a food diary and just kind of see what they're having on a day-to-day basis and, and throughout the week. Once I kind of understand that, then obviously when they come back to me with that, I'll look at alternatives with them. And obviously if there's something like in the dinner, they're having something that's very calorie dense, I'd I would probably suggest and say, maybe you should try this so then I'll look to alternatives and maybe just suggest foods that they could potentially be having on a, on a day-to-day basis or including their diet so then are alternatives and then I'll look at potentially in terms of my fitness pal trying the app out having a little bit of a trial run with it and then obviously feedback and to me over time but for me I, I think like like I have people come to me for meal plans and food plans and everything like that which is which is fine, I'm more than happy to give guidance and advice and help, but I do feel like anyone, even myself, like you can't eat the same things every single day, you can't yeah. eat the same weekly meals, like, because people go out, they socialise, and I have some people that will say, you know, what what do I eat at the weekend? What do I? And I said, well, you you can never, you, you have to understand, it's like an exam, like, you give someone, like, the answer to an exam and they could pass, and then, but then where do they go from there? Yes. It's the same thing. So if someone can understand the importance of nutrition and understand, you know, kind of macros to a degree, you don't have to be too scientific, but kind of understand portion sizes, um, that will go a long way. So I think baby steps with, with everyone, clients or just general people, like I was saying, baby steps first, then slowly start implementing them. And you've got to give them time as well because it's you can't tell someone exactly what to do. You've got to let them listen to you and kind of implement it themselves slowly I'd say
0: and make the mistakes and then tweak it and discuss it rather than dictate it yeah that's yeah. It. And, and I mean going back to what you said then about the meal plan I think a big issue I see with meal plans is people are either on or off them mm. so if they're off well anything's getting eaten and they're starting again Monday at which point they could be 20 steps back so I think whole meal plan concept is like you said, you know, is fine. There's no issue with that, except if you flip that mentality of being on or off, if you can say technically go off that meal plan for one meal and then you straight back on it, I think that's okay. But if you're off on a say Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you're going to start again Monday, I think that's when the problems arise as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Cool. So have you got any training principles then that you like to put across to clients? Uh, I'm a massive
1: fan. Um, if you if if anyone follows me on Instagram or yourself, you you know I'm a big fan of form. Form overload. Load is very important in terms of if you're going to be a bodybuilder or anyone looking to put on kind of muscle tissue or strength. Progressive overload is very key. So the load will be important. But I'm a, I'm a big big fan of prioritising form and actually just getting that exercise right and and um, longevity rather than you know, a lot of people look, look short term and are, I've got to rack ball this amount of weight to build a big, dense back and get strong and, and look in the gym. So for me, my training principles, pure and simple, is it, form over everything. Get the baseline first, get the foundation first. This is what I apply to myself and clients and, and You see so many and you probably see it yourself in a, in a gym facility. You know, the amount of people that do lateral raises wrong, the amount of people that bounce a bar off their chest, all these simple things that you've seen over years and years and years. I always wonder where they get them from, but they're simple. I made them myself. So my training principles form over everything and then slowly look to increase the load and then start hitting PBs because a lot of my clients, you know, if you've stripped everything back like a deadlift, for example, you nail the form, you see how ecstatic somebody is once you get that extent and then obviously if you're able to build the weights on the, in in the gym and they hit a pb you can see how much that means to them so at the same time form is important but then i still like to hit pb's personal bests, because for a client to hit personal best you don't know how much that can impact someone's life going home to their partner or going home to their friends and saying i've just deadlifted 60 kilo for five for the first time that could have such a positive impact on the rest of their life their family situation their work job their everything so form for me and then also like a, i don't like using the word achievement and goal but for me yeah hit
0: pbs yeah no it's key as well i think it's important that one rep max isn't always essential as well you know you can get a new pb or a new five rep max or a 10 rep max it doesn't have to be the one rep max does it mm. because i don't know about you Nick but i very rarely put clients who are one, one rep max because I just don't think it's, I don't think there's any point in it to be honest with you because they're not strength athletes because mm. um, they want to change the way they look. One rep max isn't the most important. So I think, yeah, chasing the five plus, you know, going up to anywhere, sometimes 25 reps, um, with females anyway, um, can go as high as that. So and I think it's easy to chase weight. You know, yeah. adding more weight on the bar, adding more weight, adding more weight. And then at some point, I like to just strip it down and reset. So I call it like a little reset. And then I make sure that I go through the movement again. And then all of a sudden, I'm feeling the muscle a lot more. Yeah. Romanian deadlift is a, um, a prime example. I can throw loads more weight on than what I actually lift, but I won't actually feel it on my hamstrings. Yeah. So I like having that reset just to sort of build it back up. I've just done it with lat downs. And my lat pull-down session the other day, I've been in agony and I've not felt pain on my lats, which is the side of the muscle on the back, guys. Um, I've not felt pain there for a long while. So it's been, yeah, it's been good. I like a little reset now and then. Yeah, good, man. No, I agree. Same. Sure. Um, So last one then about uh, sort of your client principles. Have you got any lifestyle principles that you like to implement? I I think, like I said, this is my
1: story the other day. I think once you're able to basically get results without having to make drastic changes is, is when you know that you've basically unlocked the key. If you're able to live your everyday life in terms of work, family, um, just general social lifestyle and still achieve sustainable results. then that's when you are able to tick that box. And I think that's probably my biggest key one, you know, So, yeah, you can get your head down and you can get your nutrition on point and you can go to the gym, you can get results. But then at the same time, you can isolate everything else if you can still make your family and your friends and social life work and be able to get results. I I think that is that's the most perfect thing that someone can do. And that's what I implement myself implement myself and i try and do with my clients as well and people on a day-to-day basis because that's how i personally feel that's how it should be everybody wants to do well but yeah you've got to you've got to find that balance in life at the same time
0: yeah 100 i mean i also argue that balance doesn't exist um i think we go through peaks different peaks of the year where we're sort of if you've got the straight line down the middle we sort of go left sometimes which is more and say body focused where it might be approaching summer it might be just after christmas it might be approaching christmas where we're more conscious about the way we look and then we go the other side of the bar when it is summer we're having barbecues when it is christmas and we sort of flick between the two rather than stay in the middle if that makes sense yeah And the key is for me not to go drastically one way and drastically the other you kind of try and stay as close to that line as you can so you are going to eat a little bit more during summer because there are barbecues around, but you don't want to go too far beyond that. It. That makes sense. Yeah. And then again, you know, lifestyle, you, you can't miss out on social occasions, can you, you know, I've got people who are going out for meals and then the friends are like, Oh, don't tell Luke because Luke will shout, you know, because I'm, I'm their coach and it's like, I'm not going to shout. Just go out and enjoy yourself. You know, I have a rule as well. If, well, not a rule, but I have a sort of principle. If you like to say, if you're going out for a meal, you know, do the 50% rule or the two of the four rule, and you can either have a starter and a main, you can have alcohol and a pudding, you know, just pick two out of those four things. And then that's if you're watching the way you look, obviously, you can go for all four if you want. But if it's a regular occurrence, I often say maybe just pick the two out of the four rather than all four. Yeah, that's a key one for me right awesome so we're approaching sort of the end of the podcast now so i've got like this little quick fire round um it's a little bit let's say bro (laughs) and it's going to be like quick fire so just off the top of your head so it's gonna be like favorite body part to train uh back yeah good choice favorite exercise hammer pull down most impactful book you've read or listened to
1: um um, what's it called Habits by I think so, something Atomic happens. Habits Atomic like, Habits no not that Clear. one uh, someone Charles Doug oh yeah yeah, yeah. someone um, Charles Doug uh, yeah what's I know what one okay.
0: yeah Successful
1: Habits Creating Successful Habits or something like that yeah
0: yeah, the, yeah cool I haven't read that one but I've read the James Clear one that's a cool book oh. alright cool F- current favourite podcast I got this one Uh I yeah well this is now <laughs> oh, yeah this is top this of the list now uh Joe Rogan Joe Rogan cool um what's your sort of favorite go-to meal
1: say again sorry you broke up
0: sorry what's your go-to meal favorite go-to meal oats and whey peanut bar. that's what flavor what uh,
1: I've got this creamy toffee time nutrition one game changer bro trust me
0: I always ask that. It sounds like such a weird question, but I have to have way isolated. It's just disgusting because I can't have concentrate drinks so lactose intolerance, So I get jealous of all these like, spontaneous flavors. Oh, a uh, couple more it's to pain. Yeah, what do you know and apply now that you wish you knew and applied when you first started? And let's say this is as a coach, so when you first started coaching.
1: Kind of similar to, I'll keep with this consultation, it's um, you get told well not just the consultation in general life actually in pt you, you get told to do things certain ways but you've actually got mold into yourself so how you're gonna look the best and how it suits you the best you've got to do that and that does take time but i wish i knew that to begin with because you get told you have to do a consultation process and you have to do checks and the blood pressures and then you have to do a session of all the exercises it's not you can do like that of course but You've got to find what's you, shows off your personality, shows you off as a PT, makes them feel
0: comfortable. I wish I knew that. Yeah. A movement assessment at the minute is a big one around the PTs that I know. Everyone seems to be doing movement assessments. I'm like, are you a movement coach? No. So why are you doing it? Because uh, everyone else is. It's like, I 100% agree. Do you, basically. Yeah. Uh, last one, best advice you've ever received.
1: Ah, oh, this was um... a loaded question yeah this is um are we, are we talking in terms of pt or just in general life life uh it's, it's two uh can i say two sorry yeah yeah go so the first one in terms of pt More to that. <laughs> this this is in terms of pt as a personal trainer uh it's a funny enough another podcast mark cole's mastery podcast uh it was a i can't remember what podcast it was ages ago and he basically just said you know everyone wants to everyone thinks that basically to build and, and grow a business is by attracting new clients or an actual fact if you look after the ones that you have at the moment you'll find so much more success and that's stuck with you massively a lot of my clients I, some of my clients i have now i had from october 2017 and i, I personally think that speaks volumes in terms of they want to be that they don't have to be with you there's so many pts out there but they, they found something special in you. So you look after them. Honestly, quality of service is, is massive. In terms of um, life, uh, there's this something happened that's, This is something that stuck with me when um, I was like kind of working as a teacher. A, a lot of the times I worked with a year one class. A lot we did a lot of like, what do you want to be when you grow up, and what do you want to achieve and stuff, and uh, what one the this is this is not actually advice. One of the one of the kids was like, just, I just want to be happy. And, um, and, that, and, that, and that, yeah, yeah, Matt deep, mate. Seriously, so deep. And uh, and that stuck with me. And, and that was not that kid didn't make me ch- change careers. I, I promise you that. But yeah, yeah. I think with with my Instagram and how I portray myself with, with Carly and my job and everything like that, my lifestyle, I just want a stress-free, happy life, waking up every single day, enjoying what I'm doing. And that's where I'm at the moment. And, and I'm incredibly blessed to do it to do a job that I love and, and find stress-free and, and, and knowing I'm growing a business, which is wicked. So that wasn't necessarily advice
0: from that kid, but that, that hit hard, man. It hit yeah. Hard. Yeah. I got goosebumps when he said that, especially from a kid who's in year one. So he's what, six, seven, he's yeah. made it. Yeah. yeah, I know. That kid's got, but
1: that's true. Well, I, I think that's with, with anything, I think, just going back to the client situation as well. Trying to get someone to do something they don't want to do, they'll never ever be successful in doing because they they can't sustain to it, and and that's personally how I how I see life. I'm not going too deep on it, man, but that's how I see life. Like I I'd never do anything I wouldn't want to do. I'd push the boundaries and and try things out if I'm not potentially not the best at, but I want to try. I'd, I'd never do anything that I know that's, that's not what I want to do in the start. So.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Right. One last thing then, if you've got anything to sort of plug, you know, tell us your socials, tell us the name of your podcast, just let the listeners know where you can find it.
1: Yeah. So guys, you can find me on my Instagram, Nathan Collins with two N's at the end. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, Nathan Collins. If you just search Nathan Collins. Uh, and I also have a podcast as well. And it's called an insight into the fitness industry. Um, that's where I basically, we've have PTs, online coaches, business owners, or people that like competitors, anyone in the industry. And we just talk about how they're going to industry and, and everything like that. It's, it's a whole wide range of people, which is awesome. Cause for myself, I'm learning so much myself from that podcast, but, um, yeah, they're, they're the three main socials. And if anybody uses Facebook, you can just search for Nathan Collins fitness. <laughs> it's basically just links to my Instagram account, but yeah. Come on, man. I, I think Facebook's dying, isn't it? Oh, I hate, Facebook. Oh. hate it. I always get told by, like, some other, like, potentially old, older people, they're like, oh, okay, they're going to come out of this and that. I think different... Bi- I think, like, hairdressing and uh, nails and stuff, that's quite cool on Facebook, because Carly, my missus, gets a lot of work on Facebook. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's different, man.
0: It's different. Yeah, my girlfriend does it as well. She's a children's entertainer, and she kills Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like nothing here (laughs) i think fitness is saturated on it i think it is so yeah yeah right awesome mate we'll keep it there um it's been an absolute pleasure having you on i've really enjoyed this it's been cool um so everybody just remember make being progressive a habit